and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Sometimes people that are standing on third base think they hit a triple. Yeah. We're going in time. We're going in time. In time, not time. And we get them on the runway. We're going to keep them on the run. And we're not going to pass unless our secondary comes up too close. But don't forget, man. We're going to get them on the run. We're going to go, 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 go. And we aren't going to stop until we go to our goal line. I'm not going to. So quit asking. All right, folks, and welcome back to week number nine of the Spread the Field podcast. Uh, we are here at the end of October. Uh, spooky season, uh, ready to really turn the corner into a cold, football-like November. Uh, but we're happy to be back here with you. We had a winning week. I can't believe it. We are slowly, slowly crawling up that mountain. We've got uh, just about a month to go before the end of the regular season. Then we got conference and bowl season. Hopefully we can pull ourselves back to even by the time it's all said and done, but it's going to be a slow climb. Uh, once again, I'm Jack Gray. You can find me on X, Twitter, at BetsBald. Uh, I've got the link to the Action app over there, which is tracking all these plays, uh, tracking some other stuff, like I said, some NFL. NFL's been somewhat okay for me this year, uh, which is wild. Uh, but we focus on the college football here on Spread the Field. And like I said, Week 8 was much kinder to us. Uh, we went 4-2. and two. Which brings us to 17, 33, and 3 overall. Still not good, down 12 and a half units, but we gained back a unit and a half on the week. Uh, let's quickly recap how we did in week number eight. Uh, Penn State is fraudulent. I told you Penn State is fraudulent. And they proved me right in that Penn State is fraudulent. I watched only uh, the second half of this game, I had stuff going on uh, while the game was starting in the morning. I don't even know. I, I don't know where to begin. Their quarterback is not as good as you think. They, this is a team that has spent 10 years propped up as being good who loses every big game they play. They are not good. That's like that's like playing Little Sisters of the Poor 10 times, but when you play the two real teams, you lose. It doesn't make you good. It makes you good in the realm of Little Sisters of the Poor. All right? East-West State University, they can beat them all day. But you play a real school, any real school, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever the heck it is, they cannot win. They can't even cover. Watch most of this game. The offense just could, could not move the ball uh, in the second half. Uh, could not cover Marvin Harrison Jr. because Ohio State wasn't really doing anything. Another team that's got the, the red flag for possibly fraudulent way, way up. Uh, could not cover the four and a half. I'm, I'm frankly surprised that Ohio State didn't win by more. Uh, they had an opportunity late there to kick a field goal in the red zone. And instead, they went for it on fourth down. Uh, did not get it. Penn State still couldn't really do anything with it. Uh, they, they get a pity touchdown, I want to say, in the last two minutes after the game was well in hand. And went for two, by the way. That was weird. Why did you go for two there when you could have just kicked? At, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. Anyways. Penn State, fraudulent. We already knew that. Uh, moving on down, Rutgers taking care of business against IU, uh, 31-14. to 14. Uh, Looked close early, close at halftime, 17-14. Rutgers pulls away in the second half, uh, pitching a shutout. IU is not very good. That gave us a nice win on the day, uh, fairly no sweat. 
Charlotte, East Carolina, no points scored. This was at 40 and a half and got nowhere near. Didn't even sniff it. Three nothing at halftime, Charlotte. Each team puts up a touchdown in the second half, 10 to seven. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about a no sweat, people. That was a fantastic no sweat. Uh, in the Sun Belt, ODU, we, you know, we love ourselves some Fun Belt. ODU outright winners as a six and a half point home dog against App State. This, this ODU team is feisty. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at them actually this week again, taking on the beloved James Madison Dukes. I don't know if we're going to pull the trigger, but outright winner as a six and a half point dog. That, that leaves you with the feels, folks, that maybe we're turning the corner here on this podcast with our picks. Uh, moving on down, UNLV, the tough game here, uh, UNLV it, having a really great year. This is really a, a game where you find out what they're made of, find out what kind of moxie they have. They find a way to win, which in football terms is obviously good for them. Uh, could not cover the seven and a half though. Uh, it really, yeah, back and forth all the way down to the end of the game. Wow. You had. Ooh, it was a close game all the way through. You had uh, the lead change three times in the final two minutes there, uh, four times in the ch- in the final four minutes of the football game. So back and forth game, UNLV finds a way to win, but could not cover in the close one. And our last one, Georgia State taking on Louisiana. Uh, Georgia State get, r- runs out to a 20 to nothing lead and holds on, holds on to win despite not scoring at all in the second half. Uh, they went out right as a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road against Louisiana. Uh, once again, we, we love ourselves some Sunbelt. Louisiana was the class of that conference for a long time, but these newcomers, these new these new joinees to the conference have really made a name for themselves. Uh, Georgia State outright winner as a three-and-a-half-point dog. So once again, four and two last week. Uh, hopefully we are turning the corner, as we said. Uh, but we will shift ourselves forward to week number nine. Uh, not quite as exciting. There's some big matchups, but you know, as far as a, a gambling standpoint, uh, as I'm going through things, not not as much there as you'd like. You know, everybody's kind of sharp. Everybody kind of knows who who is who, who these teams are. There's not a lot of room for error. A lot of room for for people to exploit different numbers and different situations. So uh, we had to really go through the fine tooth comb this week. But before we get there. We will, as always, bring in Papa Joe, uh, who claims he doesn't have enough time on this podcast. Let's kick it over to our uh, weekly visit with Papa Joe. All right, folks. Once again, we welcome back Papa Joe to week number eight of the Spread the Field podcast. Papa Joe, happy to have you. Uh, Jack, it is a great, great college football weekend. I'm starting to feel it, feel it. You know what? I, I don't help me out with this. Is it this Tuesday or next Tuesday? Next Tuesday, I want to say, because we're more than halfway through. The first CFP poll comes out, and that's yeah, going to be exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary exciting. it's a scary day. Yes. Uh, it's a spooky day. But yes, the yeah. first the first of the nonsense rankings comes out next Tuesday on exactly. Halloween. The ass kissers already have Ohio State in that number one slot. We'll see if they can get there. But Jack, I go from euphoria with being in Notre Dame Stadium and beating USC to ecstasy to two Utes. And we'll talk about that more. The two Utes going into the Coliseum and beating them. It was so sweet. And seeing that little bitch, uh, Caleb Williams, just 
absolutely losing it on the sideline again. College football is just great, Jack. It's great. Uh, speaking of last week, so we've got your 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 prime picks from last week. Yeah, I two, did pretty good, I think. Two, three, and one, not bad. You had the uh, – <clears throat> we both had Penn State. Penn State, did, they big game James. Me. They screwed me. You know what? You were right. I should have listened to you. Fraud, fraud, fraud. It's it's more apparent now than it's ever been. Uh, yeah. Alabama covered. They uh, they didn't play the first half, but they played the entire second half. They covered. Well, they didn't. Their quarterback did not have Drew Aller's haircut. Did you see that mop on the top of that kid? That was no, a in fact. If I never heard the name Drew Aller again, I'd be happy because yeah, I, well, I, I, think, I saw I below average. I saw below average for, for yeah, about he, thirty minutes. He might there. be in the uh, RNL Carriers New mm-hmm. Orleans Bowl. That might be as far as they get. Uh, as far as I told you, so what did I tell you about yeah. Washington? All they, all they got to do you know is what? What was that? Look good. You know what, though? They had the best looking uniform of the night. Did you see that purple with the sparkles and shit? No, I, I was distracted it. by the fact that they, they were, were losing. Roll. I was distracted by the fact that they were losing to Arizona State. And I told you, you you think they're going to cover these big numbers. All they have to do is get their undefeated. They can win the rest of their games by one point. As long as they're undefeated, that's all they care about. Uh, you know what? That shit's going to start. Georgia may get a taste of this. This play in nobody is 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 in and strength of schedule and how you look. We're 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 working up to the CFP show. That stuff's going to start coming into play. That, uh, we we've seen that. We've seen that. Wazoo and Oregon. Uh, Oregon did not cover. Wazoo was somewhat competitive. They, uh, they and were covering. Over, hold on, and you're over pushed. You landed right on the number sixty two. Yeah, they were they were carrying they were winning that game by the number late and they screwed me up. They I had mean, gotten the possession and stopped them and then I turned it off thought I won that thing, had other things to do here around the Pizza Palace and damn if I didn't find out the next day uh Washington State had 24 points and screwed me up. Yeah, Washington I don't know State. if I could be blamed for that. Washington Washington State scored with 52 seconds left to uh, get the backdoor cover there. Yeah. <clears throat> but Ole Miss, Ole Miss, and your uh, your powder blue, uh, Ole Miss covered against Auburn. You know what though, Jack? They did. They came out in those dark shirts and those dark helmets, and I said, "We're I'm in trouble." I said, "I called fans across the country." Said, "No powder blue helmets, at least. This might not go down well." Actually, no, they were on the road. They wore the white tops with it. They, they, they should have had the powder blue helmets, but they didn't. But they hung in there. They hung in there and they got it done. And that's, you know, that's 85,000 people on the plains. That's a crazy crowd. That's a crazy crowd. I am worried that if Hugh Freeze figures it out, he might be competitive the next few years. But I don't think so. We, Hugh Freeze will be Hugh Freeze. I say, we shall see. Um. But let's uh, put a bow on week eight. Let's go ahead and let's start to jump into week number nine here. Let's do that. Let's, let's start that. with um, what do we got up here first? Uh, I know we were we, you want to talk Thursday, but unfortunately, this is going to come out before people can hear on Thursday. Let's go exactly. to new... real, real quick. Go, go Eagles over my alma mater, which I am a dropout of the Georgia State Panthers, where my older brother, Tommy, Tom in Fayetteville. 
um, he might write into the mailbag. We'll, we'll have to see about that. I, I need to see answer. a physical. I need to see a physical letter with a real email address or okay. a postage stamp. Uh, let's start. Answer. My nephew is an eagle. Panthers. I mean eagles. There you go. Yeah, you got okay. plenty of people. The real games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got plenty of people who are on all sides of the coin. You just don't keep track of them. Uh, uh, let's go it. ahead. Uh, noon, Houston taking on Kansas State in the Little Apple. Uh, Houston is laying 17, or I'm sorry, getting 17 and a half points on the road here. What say you, Papa Joe? Houston looked real good despite Quinn Ewers getting hurt. They got screwed on a spot for a first down to keep a drive alive. They would have tied that game up. They would have gone into overtime. They were at home. I think if Houston tied that game up, Texas would have a second loss. I like I like the Cougs. They're not really the Cougs because that's in Washington State, but there are more Cougars, BYU uh, notwithstanding. I like the Houston Cougars to keep it close, 17 and a half, even in Manhattan. And Kansas State has not played that well, Jack. K State uh, not played that well. K State five and two overall, but K State just got done dismantling TCU forty one to three, a team that Houston lost to thirteen to thirty six. Okay, okay, rub it in, rub it in my face. But they looked like crap up until last week. They did, but you said TCU is a fraud, and we are starting to see the evidence. Right. Uh, so that that everything in, in about the, that team that was in the championship game last year coming to fruition the and i don't even know team. how to spell fruition but i know me some fruition the fraudulent team beat the crap out of houston uh kansas state putting up uh nearly 500 yards of total offense per game holding opponents to 18 points per game um i i mean don't get me wrong 17 and a half is a lot you're on the right side of the hook oh, there but uh i wouldn't be surprised if k-state runs away with this all right, I well, I think I think Dana Dana Holgerson has them inspired. I think it'll be close. We shall see. Moving on, let's move yep. to let's go ahead and move to two thirty with the Irish. Uh, they're they're the they're Irish. playing they're playing it at, in the afternoon. I didn't know they knew how to do that anymore. Uh, I taking did not on uh, they're taking on they bring the fighting Arduzies into town, Pittsburgh. Uh, now, and the Irish are laying 20 and a half points at home. There was a wicked rumor that one bets bald would be at this home game. Oh, this is actually a three 30. It's not, it's not a two 30 yet. It's a three 30. Uh, I will be tailgating. Yes. I will not actually will, attend the you game. Will be in go South Bend. You will be saying hello to a touchdown. Jesus. I will. Okay. All right. Uh, here's what we got to do. Um, it's 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Going out on the, I told you this is go out on the limb week. Um, I like the Irish big here. I really like the over, but I'm going to go with the 20 and a half. I think Pitt is really bad, and Narzu- Narduzzi may not be around too long. Um, maybe we'll get Audric, uh running that ball, running the rock a little bit, because I love Sam. My girlfriend's in love with Sam. Um, he's got a future in television, but um, – I don't I don't know if the Irish can put up the points I want them to, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on them this time. Notre Dame they put up 48 against uh uh we hate them. Going back, I did not know this until I looked it up. Going back to 2001. Yeah. This is the uh this is the point spreads of of games between Pitt and Notre Dame at Notre Dame. 
Okay. Notre, Notre Dame by five. Yeah. Notre Dame by three. Notre Dame by six. Notre Dame losing by three. Notre Dame losing by three. Notre Dame by eight. And you got to go all the way back to 2001 when Notre Dame won by 17. Okay. Well, part of that was the, the great Dave Wanstat and Paul Christ years. So that's wild, though. That, two that's legendary, that's, that's two legendary coaches in all of college football, right? I I mean, slub, I probably you, can't you like remember. to talk about history all the time, Papa Joe. That's some serious history. Actually, I, yes and no. Each team is different. As we say in the South, we got a young football team this year. They're all between 18 and 22 years old. Of course, it's a young football team. But every team is different. Pitt, but we, uh, like to, we like to, you know, look at that. I don't know why. I don't know Pitt, why. Pitt struggles on offense. They've uh, they're on their Pitt. second or third quarterback. Um, I, th- I I I like what you said though. Notre Dame's coming off the bye. Midterms are over. The uh, offensive line is supposed to remain intact the rest of the year, pending health. Uh, it'd be it'd be a great game, like you said, to get Estime and some of the other backs, Jabrian Payne, uh, Jadarian Price, all them going. And really, just just make make Narduzzi eat shit. Um, right, look, look, it it won't it won't happen. But as it did last year with Nick Saban, there will be a talk of a two loss team in the CFP. Another one. And if Notre nope. Dame. If Notre Dame starts hammering people, nope. be, you're the one that predicted chaos with the two Utes. There's chaos, but Notre, Notre Dame. I lost. know there'll be a lot of teams with one loss. Notre Dame lost the important game. They could have survived the Louisville game had they won the important game. They didn't win the important game. The Clemson game means nothing now. They're out. Doesn't matter. All right. Uh, let's move on. Pop Joe likes Notre Dame covering a big, big number. Big number. There. Uh, let's move on down the line here. Uh, 4 p.m. in Berkeley. Um, unless you get mugged. USC taking on Cal and what what is is that that's not the Axe game. No, that's Cal and Stanford. What what is uh what is that rivalry game? Uh it is uh the uh Hollywood movie people versus the long haired protesters. Okay. And uh the protesters suck. Uh I like their coach though, Wilcox. He he's not a bad guy. He's he needs a lot of help. But bet your paycheck. Because that whining crybaby, uh, Caleb Williams, they'll they'll put up a bunch of numbers. They'll wipe them off the face of the earth. Uh, it's ten and a half in Berkeley. Nobody is going to be watching. You know what? Nobody's going to be watching this. Even Wilcox's mother, and he likes the son coaching the team. But Lincoln Riley, he's going to be pissed. He's still got some things to say out there. I like Southern Cal big. I hate him that much. This doesn't like even have a big. good name. Get out of it. This has this has this has this game not even have a name. Um, you clearly aren't listening to the news though, Papa Joe. You so the scuttlebutt is you said like you said USC favored by ten and a half on the road, making Cal a home dog. The scuttlebutt all week though is that Lincoln Riley is MIA. Um, look when he <laughs> didn't. Get or take the Dallas Cowboy job to, if that's to the point true, to the point that they're trying to, they're trying to get like an emergency injunction to get Cliff Kingsbury an official title so he can coach on the sideline. There's something going on here. There's something extra weird going on here. Well, you could have it be the Sarkeesian effect 
which I'm all for because I'm drinking a Falstaff right now. Or you could have it the Lane Kiffin effect, which uh, I'm all for a guy having a trophy wife. Uh, maybe it's something about that institution. Ask Clay Helton. That poor guy is uh, – isn't he coaching Southern? Uh, yeah, he coaches Southern, yes. Coaching Southern. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big uh, Clay Helton fan now. He's coaching – He's coaching them Eagles where my nephew, James Sasquatch Sasser, is. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think USC might I did be a not broken team. I think SC might be a broken team. Uh they go on the road here. They've not been great on the road this year. Can I, can I uh, ask you why? Can I ask you why? This guy's got all the money in the world backing him, and he's supposed to be a whiz bang. What do you think? What do you think? What does Jack Betts Bald think went wrong with these people? This NIL should have solved every problem they've ever had. You can't you you can't create culture overnight. And I think that's that's the biggest thing we've learned in college football. And the culture you create has to be constant and it has to be ever evolving. I think that's the reason that uh you know Dabo Sweeney's fallen off a little bit at Clemson. He had a couple transcendent talents at quarterback and then he set it on cruise control when everybody else around him has been trying to get better, get better, get better. And you know, you can bring in the players and that'll work, you know, like that works at like the group of five level or maybe some of these outliers um you know in the power five. But you know look look at I tell you a great example. Because they're yeah. still not over the hump yet. Lance Leipold at Kansas. Lance oh, Leipold at campus. I, I think that guy is not long for that job because he is he is doing it. But that's my he point. He changed, and that's, he changed. You know I wanted to look at that Kansas game. You told me the quarterback's hurt. He's changing the culture. Exactly. And that's where I think that's where like. We made the know, logo bigger on the helmet. That helped. You you can be the greatest offensive or defense. You can be the greatest offensive or defensive coordinator on the face of the earth. If you don't create, if you don't get people buying in, if you can't manage the personalities, then it's never going to work. And you can say that about any sport. You Deion Sanders now. (laughs) No, I know you said, no, I like Lance Leipold a lot. I like Dan Lanning a lot. I don't. But You know what? You know what? To your point, you know who, you know, who has changed the culture and established consistency. One Kyle Whittingham. Well, he's not changed the culture. He, I mean, he, he, he is the culture, and he constantly exactly. changes it to whatever he, it needs he took to be. Over from Urban and took that thing to it. Yeah, to but, another level. Yeah, but he's been there for like what almost twenty years he, now. Like the, he, he's an institution. Uh, it's a, I tell you what, it's the same reason. It's the same reason I'm down on TCU because TCU is and always will be Gary Patterson, and there's nothing Sonny Dykes can do. Until he he gets his own players and changes things up, which is why they're they're where they are right now. Uh, let's move on though. We're we're okay. like way off task here. Um, next, let's go to uh, let's go ahead go to that Oregon Utah game. Uh, let's do at that. Night. Let's do that. But first, from the mailbag. No, there Dear is no Pop- mailbag. You can you can you can after the University of Utah pulled out one against the much hated Trojans, and you know where. ESPN Game Day will be broadcasting from President Circle in Salt Lake City this week. The Utes host the Ducks from Eugene. Since the Utes have two U's on their helmets, shouldn't they be called the W's? Literally, double U's on their helmets. That came from Alex Smith. No, it didn't come Uh, from anybody. It didn't come from anybody. It did. It did. 
Came from Tom in Fayetteville, actually. No, it didn't. Uh, P.S. Will Will Falstaff be available in the Greater Salt Lake market? No one's we asking. Here out here. No, right. no one's asking. So, uh, to your point. To your point. I like the over because it's forty-seven and a half. Because I'm still not sure which Oregon team will show up because they're still reeling a little bit it mentally from the Washington game. They want to uh, get back in the. And Utah, I don't know if Utah's spent all their gas, but that that Southern Cal game. Let me tell you how good that Southern Cal game was. Papa Joe couldn't even watch it. I turned the TV over to that game twice in between all the football I was watching and the baseball playoffs, and Utah was ahead each time. But Southern Cal, I saw do an offensive thing and came back. I saw one of their scores. I said, I can't watch this shit. I will be depressed. And you know what? Utah won. And I saw that they were down with five seconds to go on my phone. And I said, well, this shit's still over. And damn if they weren't kicking that ball through the uprights with that. Uh, well, you know, sometimes Papa Joe is like praying and those prayers are answered. Go Utes. And the answer is you could call them the W's. Thank you, Tom and Fayetteville, for that, that question to the mailbag. There was no question to the mailbag. Anyways, uh, so you like the over here, 47 and a half. Uh yeah. Oregon, Oregon has gone, uh, Oregon's gone to the over the last two weeks in a row. However, both of these schools are not heavy over teams. Utah has also gone to the over two weeks in a row, uh, with the games against Cal and SC. Do you worry that do you worry that maybe Oregon's path to victory here is we know Utah wants to slow it down and play defense and play physical. What if Oregon plays that game too? Uh then then they've gone UCLA on me instead of USC. There was a lot of points scored last week and they were on the road. Yeah, they're at home. So I would be I would be worried, but you know what? You Oregon came out in those classic, classic 90s uniforms. That looked outstanding with the Kelly Green and and the and the golden rod with the white and the old Northwestern stripes, uh, the yellow helmets. That, that that was that was really that was really good. Oregon got to got to stay on pace. I actually want Utah to win because that creates all that chaos that you're talking about. That takes Oregon out of it. So somebody's well, we'll, leaving. Somebody's we'll save, leaving face. We'll save that for a week where we don't have as much going on. We'll say we'll save that for the week that the SEC plays the SoCon. We'll we'll talk about all the machinations of everything then. Uh, right. Let's stay out west though. Washington <laughs> on the farm against Stanford, laying another big big number, which I'm telling you does not matter. Oh, what do you like? I got twenty. Oh, when you Washington. say it that way, you think they're laying another big egg, a big golden egg. I said it. Strike. I said it last week. They have to that win by one point. That was in my face. Yeah, that was. I said it. Face. I said it last week. They have to win by one point the rest of the way. That's yeah, all but those matters. uniforms, those uniforms were, were were pretty. You keep winning by one point, and it's going to come bite you in the butt when it no, comes. No, If you're on, if you are undefeated and Pac-12 champion, it does not matter. It literally does in not matter. Pack, in the Pac-12. You're not. You got to worry about the Final Four, dude. You got to worry about the, the Pac-12. An undefeated Pac-12 champion will be there. Undefeated. An undefeated Pac-12 team. Yeah, will undefeated be. will be there. I will. I will give you that because there's no Cincinnati this year. There's no Cincinnati oh, this year. Laying laying twenty six and a half. What do you like here? I I I I like. I think I think Stanford spent all their all their gas on uh, Colorado, 
and I don't think they could pull anything like that off. And I think they got, I think Kalen uh, DeBorg gave them a talking to, and we're not going to do this 15 to nine bullshit. I think Washington runs them off the field. What if Penix doesn't play? Because, you know, there's rumors that he might be a little hurt. He might be a little banged up. That I did not hear about. That no, I, no, no. I, I, it's not, it's I not am, I am like delivering paint all day long and I, I missed the, no, 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 you haven't missed, you haven't it's not missed my anything. job to see you if haven't missed anything. Okay. Stop and listen for four seconds. I'm saying, what if they take it easy on him to let him heal up a little bit? What if they go run heavy? Well, I, I would trust this guy to have a kid behind Penix more than I would trust Brian Kelly to have any kind of backup anywhere at any time. I think Washington will be fine. Hell, they might have they might have a guy that's you know the next best thing. I'll go. You know what? I'll, I'll I have we've not done this. I'll go head to head with you. I'll go head to head. I'll, I'll take Stanford and all those points. That's fine. That's fine. I'll bet you a. Uh, I'll bet you one of your uh, crock pots of that great macaroni and cheese on that. Uh, and see if you can find me that a, macaroni and cheese all the way back here to coming Georgia. See if you can find me a real fall staff. You can bet me that. You can bet me that if you can find me a real yeah. fall staff. Um, yeah, I will do it. Uh, have you ever seen Jaws? It's in the opening scene when they're on the beach. That's they're fantastic. Out of a cake. We got we got a few we got a few more minutes. We got to get through these last ones, Papa Joe. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Big Ten country. Ohio State taking on Wisconsin. Um, is that that's the NBC game with yeah, uh, this Blackledge? Is, this, this is this is tricky because uh, uh, Ryan Day is now full of himself. The and, uh, uh, you don't but, like but the, not, so you don't like the side here, but the total is at forty five and a half. Where yeah, you I like I like that easy. I like that easy because Ohio State could. Run it up. Wisconsin could keep, may not keep up with them, but make it interesting because Ohio State, um, you know, they'll be Ohio State, or they could, they could possibly go the other way. Their resume building, but Luke Fickle, listen to me now, Luke Fickle is your next coach at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is one in at six. some point in the future. Ohio State is one in six to the over this year. One and six to the over. One and six. Now this is pretty low total. That's a low, but but Jack, you divide that in half. Look, divide that in half. And what do you got? You got a 24, 21. Uh you got a 28, 24. I mean they're gonna score more than 28. Maybe. Maybe. I don't I don't think I don't think from what I know of seen of Wisconsin, who'd they lose to that was absolutely horrid the other day? Uh, they lost to Iowa and yeah. they've lost to Washington State. Iowa, I think they lost one to nothing. I think somebody hit a solo home run and that was the end of that game. They have no, they have, they have no, they have no offense. They have no offense, but Ohio State does. I, I, I again, some of these teams. This is the Papa Joe classic theory. <laughs> Get me out on the grassy knoll. Because everybody is resume building and looking for that. I know you think the show's a fraud. They're looking for that first mark in the CFP show after everybody's played eight games. And I actually would agree to a degree that their resume could make them number one over Georgia. Now, Georgia's got some people that they got to play, 
that's going to – Well, we'll, we'll, like said, we'll save resume. that. We'll, we'll, we'll save that after the first CFP rankings. Okay. I don't want to get too off, too off the rails. That's fine. That's fine. Because we, we got one more. You have to quickly run through this because it shouldn't take long to talk about. And then uh, and then we'll recap because we're running up against time. Uh, Ole Miss is at home in the Grove. Yeah, yeah. how did you how did you leave the Grove out? Have you seen the the people in the Grove? 730, taking like on a- Vanderbilt, the Commodores. Old, old pal Clark Lee, uh, they are laying 24 points at home. I li- I'm going out on a limb. I told everybody this week. Uh, I, I like Joey. Joey's going to come out in either white helmets and powder blue tops, or he's going to go dark with the powder blue helmets, and they are going to – I wish you'd wear the gray pants with the with the powder blue. That would be so outstanding. And the dark helmets. Man, that's a combination right there. They're going to win by 24. Joey Joey could be 11-1 and one if they if they wipe these guys out. They're going to get a lot of confidence going, and they got Georgia in their sights. I don't think they could beat them, but that's how you got to think. They got Georgia now in its sights. It could be the first time in my lifetime – that a Georgia Ole Miss game ever meant something. And do you know how many of those I've lived through, Jack? A ton. A shit ton. Although that game's in Athens. But we, this, I, I, th- I think, I think we'd love to for see this program. You know, you'd be you'd be better off marketing this to Ole Miss and Southern Cal fans versus the actual public and demographic. Wearing powder blue underwear right now. I got a navy blue if shirt If you took on a break from the Irish. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, so let's quickly recap Papa Joe's. Do you seven see the way they week. run the ball, though? They run the ball. Uh, they they're they're pretty balanced. Uh, let's recap Papa Joe's plays. Uh, USC laying ten and a half on the road. Yeah, that's an Houston, easy. Houston, Houston getting seventeen and a half on the road in Manhattan. Uh, yep. Oregon, Utah, the big one. Uh, you like the over uh, like forty seven and a half there. Yeah. Uh, you think the Irish are going to do something they couldn't do under the Kelly era and really think, squash somebody? Squash yeah, a- I, I think Sam is overdue. Uh, Washington, me and you are going to go head to head. You're going to take Washington laying the big number 26 and a half, and I'm going to take those points with Stanford. And if I win, I'm, we're going to talk about it for five full minutes. The now. only the only way they win is they throw to that. No, no, you no, no, no. You've is taken that, your side. Like you did in Colorado. You have taken your – nope, you've taken your side. Uh, I don't back down. Ohio State, Wisconsin, that game up at Camp Randall. You like the over there, 45 and a half. And finally, uh, this is apparently an Ole Miss podcast now because you talk about them every week. Ole Miss laying 24 points at home in the Grove. You got to love college football teams. You got to hate college football teams, Jack. We established that last year. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, Papa Joe. I, I, I like the Rebels. I like the Rebels big. That's why I put up with you. Your your absence makes me grow fonder for our time together. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't get to everything in the mailbag. There is Uh, no mailbag! We got to Tom in Fayetteville. That was good. Uh, We'll save that for next week. Next week, when uh, you will be eating your dish. Well, next week, I'll I'll tell you right now. Next week, we're going to change it up a little bit. We'll talk about the CFP rankings, but you're going to have to breeze through some of these other things. Brevity. Brevity is going to be important. Hey, real quick for everybody out there in podcast line, stay you away got from two that minutes. Georgia say game. what you got to say. Stay away from that Georgia game. I don't, I don't like that at all because we don't know. We don't know if they're going to show up or not. They'll win, but we don't know if they're going to show up. Or not. All right, Papa Joe, thank you for hopping on. 
Yes. I, I look forward to debating the CFP with you next week. That, that okay. Will be- uh, drink a fall staff from the beautiful Pizza Palace in the Kai Gamma Forest. Coming, Georgia. We love college football. I can't wait for the Stanford Indians to take down the Huskies. See ya. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we always appreciate having Papa Joe. Trying to, trying to reel him in here lately. He doesn't like that. Uh, and we have our first head-to-head. We'll get to that in a minute uh, as I will expound upon our Stanford play. Uh, but yeah, let's move ahead here. Week number nine, like I said, you, you got to kind of scrape through to find uh, find stuff that we like here. Uh, let's start in Big Ten country at 3.30. We've got Michigan State taking on Minnesota here. Uh, Michigan State fresh off their drubbing by Big Brother, 49 to nothing. And Minnesota off one of the ugliest, perfect Big Ten games you'll see against Iowa. Uh, had the uh, crazy non-fair catch, fair catch call, whatever happened, but uh, Minnesota still manages to win that game. They deserve to win that game. You look at the total yardage here, uh, held Iowa to 127 total yards. Total yards, folks. Uh, so a little wild. P.J. Fleck uh, got real emotional about holding the uh, Floyd of Rosedale trophy. Uh, line here, uh, Minnesota is a touchdown favorite at home. Um, don't forget, folks, they play outdoors now. Uh, I think it's going to be some uh, some finally fall weather up there. Uh, but I don't really like that. I, I, I wouldn't trust either of these teams uh, with seven points in either direction. The line here, though, for the total 40 and a half, and we are gonna we're gonna ride the under again here. Uh, Minnesota proved last week their offense isn't anything special, uh, as they are run heavy. So you know we feel like they will keep the clock moving. And Michigan State, same thing, ha- has not been able to really get their offense going for several weeks, uh, whether that's off the field stuff uh, or just a a general lack of of what they had. I'm, I'm looking at it here. Michigan State the last three weeks. 182 total yards, 245 total yards, and barely uh, 350 yards against Iowa. Uh, Minnesota, same kind of thing. 239 total yards last week, 169 total yards against Michigan. And, where, oh, that's a that's a misprint right there. Uh, 347 yards against Louisiana Lafayette, folks, the Raging Cajuns. So neither of these teams really liking to play offense. Uh, Minnesota's playing some okay defense. Uh, Michigan State, you, you just you don't know what you're going to get there. Uh, I like, once again, I like the under. Uh, last year, uh, game went to the under, even though Minnesota had a much better quarterback play last year. Uh, and other than that, these teams have really only met sporadically uh, since, uh, since their time in the Big Ten together uh, with different divisions and whatnot. So, um, yeah, and neither, t- neither team really strongly one way or the other to the over. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like cold Midwest, uh, big 10 football, especially off of the, uh, game Minnesota played last week, Michigan state, I think is going to, going to try to try to be competitive here. Uh, whereas they just got molly whopped last week by Michigan. Uh, so give us, give us the under, under 40 and a half, uh, lots of punts, lots of field goals, no touchdowns. Uh, also at 3.30 in the Ohio Valley, we've got the Miami Redhawks taking on the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, Miami's having themselves a pretty good season despite losing their quarterback for most of it. Uh, they find themselves a road dog here of greater than a touchdown, seven and a half. And, and this, 
you know, we took Ohio earlier in the year outright against Iowa State. It was one of uh, one of my favorite plays uh, that cashed, obviously, for us. Ohio's a pretty good team. Uh, they got a Rourke back. I I don't fully understand this. I, I don't. Ohio plays pretty good defense, but Miami has been no slouch themselves. Uh, like I said, they had a loss last week to Toledo. Uh, Toledo's a very, very good team. Uh, but other than that, their only other loss was against uh, the Hurricanes week one. So they are they are in the driver's seat for the MAC West. I'm sorry, for the MAC East. Uh, Ohio also uh, lost to Northern Illinois two weeks ago, but played a close game against Western last week. They have not really been world beaters. Uh, and conference play has been a little bit better to beat the crap out of Kent State and Bowling Green, but loss and then a close game against Western. And I, I don't think Western's a very good team. Ohio was favored last week by uh, 16 and a half. And I know there was some weather and some other stuff going across the region, but uh, I, I, yeah, I cannot figure this out. Both teams six and two, like I said, vying for the driver's seat role in the Mac championship uh, head to head here. Uh, Ohio has taken the last two against the number. Uh, however, what, two years ago, uh, Miami kept that game close. I mean, Miami generally keeps this game close. It's a rivalry game. They generally keep this game close outside of last year, notwithstanding. This is also the first time they've met at the end of October since 2017. They usually meet in November, um, which means Tuesday night game. So not on a Tuesday, kind of like that, where uh, we, we don't have a super weird preparation. Uh, so give me give me the Red Hawks here. I uh, like I said, I, I think they're they're a good story. I they they deserve to be the favorite. They are looking like the class of the conference. Uh, as much as Ohio has played very well, I think this game is much closer than a touchdown. Next, we go to the Mountain West. Hello, Brolo, AA Ron. Uh, as Wyoming comes to town to take on the Boise State Broncos. Uh, Cowboys find themselves as I've got the number at five and a half they are getting from Boise. Um, and as another very smart podcast uh, person I heard earlier this year said, you never take Boise as a favorite. You take them as a dog. And sure enough, Boise as a favorite has a loss uh, against the number to New Mexico State, a loss or a push against Appalachian State, and a loss against Portland State. So we are going to hope that trend continues. Uh, Wyoming has been, oh no, I just read off, just read off Wyoming's. Uh, Boise State is a favorite, had lost last week outright, or two weeks ago outright to Colorado State. Uh, Where else are we at? San Diego State did not cover there. And the only cover this year was against North Dakota at the FCS level. So, Forget all that stuff said about Wyoming. Wyoming has covered, though. Uh, Wyoming has covered as the dog all year. Uh, every game. Every game is a dog. Wyoming has covered. Even the, uh, let's see, Texas Tech, Texas, Texas Tech, they went out right. Uh, Fresno State, who, you know, we talk about tough in class, Fresno State and Air Force. Um, they had the week off last week, so uh, you got the bye to prepare for the Broncos. Wyoming's playing pretty good defense. That's actually been Boise State's Achilles heel this year is their defense has kind of struggled, giving up 31 points per game. Um, They've also turned the ball over a lot the last few weeks or the last few times out. Um, So, yeah, Uh, head-to-head, where were we at on that? Head-to-head, Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming's covered four straight. Four straight and seven of the last eight. 
Uh, give me, give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys here. Air Force on the road to Fort Collins. Eh, not really on the road, but still on the road. Uh, taking on the Colorado State Rams. Air Force a 14-point favorite here on the road. Colorado State the home dog. Colorado State fresh off a close loss to upstart UNLV last week. That's been the story of their season. Close loss to UNLV. Close loss or close win against Boise State. Uh, close win against Middle Tennessee State. Close loss that that overtime thriller against Colorado. Air Force has been a machine, undefeated, took care of their uh, fellow Service Academy Navy last week, uh, beat Wyoming two weeks ago. Uh, Like I said, has taken care of business here in the Mountain West. They look to be the Mountain West favorite. They look to continue to stay undefeated. 14 seems like a big number. Don't get me wrong. Uh, For a team that pretty much exclusively runs the ball. um, But, I I mean, we got to go Falcons here. Head-to-head, Air Force has managed to cover three straight in Fort Collins. Like I said, not much of a road game. And in several of these games, they are they are beating the crap out of Colorado State. Colorado State, much improved under Jay Norvell this year, uh, but I don't know that they have. It, it's tough to prepare for that option football. And after the, the tough, hard-fought loss to uh, UNLV last week, I don't know if that's enough time for them to get get ready for this option attack. Uh, I like Air Force covering the two touchdowns here on the road. Uh, the Papa Joe bet. 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, 4 o'clock on the farm. The Huskies roll into Palo Alto to take on the tree. Uh, Washington undefeated. Only three... Three and one against the number. Stanford also only three and three against the number. And since I talked to Papa Joe, remember that is pre-recorded. This has already hopped up to 27 and a half, nearly four touchdowns. I get it, folks. Stanford just got molly last week. I like molly I'm rolling with that. molly last week by UCLA. But like I said, Washington is, Washington reminds me of like 2012 Notre Dame or 2018 Notre Dame. It's not. How you win, it's that you win. They have fallen into that mode. They got over the big hump against Oregon. They still have ahead of them uh, the Apple Cup and USC, I think. I don't know. I'd have to pull it up. I'm not pulling it up right now. We're just talking about this game. They just need to win by one. As proven last week, as they squeaked out uh, the game against Arizona State, uh, where refs may or may not have helped them. uh, Either way. A squeaker last week. Penix looks like he may not be at 100%. I think this is a game that if I'm a coach and I know Stanford's crap, Stanford only putting up 21 points per game, giving up nearly 37 points per game, I might go full Brian Kelly 2018 ball state. Let me see how hard I can stick a square peg in a round hole and see if it works out. 28 points, or 27 and a half, too many points on the farm. I like Stanford to cover. I, that's not to say Washington Washington could be in control of this game the entire time. Will they pull away? I just I don't see it. Uh, Stanford, as we know, a couple weeks ago on Friday Friday night after dark, uh, caught Colorado looking. Uh, they have played close against Arizona. Uh, it, I, I think they have it in them to keep this game close if Washington can't be firing on all cylinders. And once again, I just don't think they are at this point. I think the focus has been very narrowed to these are the games in front of us. This is how we get to the playoff. We don't need to go crazy. We don't need to risk getting Michael Penix any more hurt than he may or may not already be. So head-to-head against Papa Joe here, 
give me the Cardinal, the tree, covering nearly four touchdowns. Last but not least, put on the coffee midnight out on the island. We've got San Jose State taking on Hawaii. Uh, San Jose State comes in as a 10.5-point favorite, making Hawaii the road dog. Um, San Jose State 6-2 and two against the number. Hawaii terrible against the number. So are we going with the number? No, folks, we like the total here. Uh, I, I worry, you know, Hawaii was such a cover machine last year. I worry that they may actually cover this and keep it close because the game is out on the island. But somehow San Jose State has gone from being a very stout defensive team uh, to just loving the points, whether they're giving them up or whether they're scoring them. And Hawaii kind of in the same boat here. We've got three straight overs for Hawaii. We've got uh, what six, oh, six of the eight games over for San Jose State. Uh, line here at 58 and a half, and we're going to take over that. Uh, San Jose State scoring nearly 33 a game. Hawaii giving up nearly 36 a game. San Jose State giving up over 30 a game. So we like this hopefully above 60. Uh, so, yeah, give us the over. Staying up late, I probably won't. I will just check my phone in the morning. So running down week number nine, six plays. Um, we've got Michigan State versus Minnesota. Total there set at 40 and a half. We like the under. Uh, Miami catching seven and a half over a touchdown against Ohio on the road. We're going to take the Red Hawks. Uh, don't know if they'll win outright, but with uh, first place in the MAC East up on the line, I think they're going to keep it close. Wyoming taking on Boise. Do not take Boise as a favorite. Uh, so we will take Wyoming catching five and a half points uh, against the Broncos. Uh, Air Force, two touchdown favorite on the road against Colorado State. Uh, Fort Collins isn't that far from Colorado Springs, though. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll take the Falcons in their run game. Tough to prepare for option football. And Papa Joe bets Washington goes to the farm. Nearly four touchdown favorite. We think Stanford will keep it closer than that. Washington's not playing scared, but playing conservative. And finally, staying up late, San Jose State goes out to the Big Island, taking on Hawaii. We like points in that one. Total set at 58 and a half, and we're going to take the over. That's it, folks. Uh, the weekend is shaping up well. We have a very unseasonable day here um, in Indiana, uh, like damn near 75 degrees, 77 degrees today. But that's okay because we're going to be tailgating the Notre Dame game tomorrow against Pitt. Uh, we looked at that game, did not like anything, maybe the total. Um, it's hard to tell because Marcus Freeman isn't Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, we're coaching this team. I take Pitt getting three touchdowns all day. As we talked about earlier with Papa Joe, Pitt, Pitt has been a thorn in Notre Dame's side uh, when the game is in South Bend. But yes, we will be there tailgating in much more appropriate weather. I think the high is about 54 degrees. Hopefully the rain stays away. Um, so yeah, I don't know how much football we're going to actually get to watch. Uh, most of these games have to follow them on the phone or uh, I think maybe, maybe one person might have a TV set up up there. Um, but I'll be home in time for some of the late games, some of the Mountain West games. Uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Once again, trying to get our record closer to even. If we can put together another four and two week, we'll be climbing back up that mountain. All right, folks, thanks for stopping in in week number nine. We look forward to week number 10. We will have CFP rankings that I think will probably dominate most of Papa Joe's segment next week. I'll probably confine him to only a few picks. And uh, yeah, we're we're just continuing this uh, this beautiful ride that is the 2023 college football season.